welcome to the Water and Stone podcast. You are listening to episode 121. The title of our Sunday worship service for June 16th, 2019 is No Fear. It is the seventh in our series, Truth Talks, BS Walks. We are designed and called to change the world. When we know what we're made of, we can move through fear and into faith. So our scripture today, Psalm 56, 3 through 4, When I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I have put my trust. I shall not be afraid. What can mere man do to me? Good stuff. Inspirational stuff. That's the kind of quote that will get you through something. It's a good thing to remember. But... You know, like we've been working on, let's not be the kind of people that let things just go by. It's not enough to just be inspired by something. It's great. It's a start. But let's be the kind of people that dig in and engage with something. Let's be the kind of people that ask, okay, what does this mean? Why is this? What do I do about it? Let's be the kind of people that ask questions and demand answers that make sense to our heads and our hearts. Because that's how life happens. If you look at that quote, it's nice. But there's more going on there. Because if you look at that quote, the beginning says, when I'm afraid, this is what I do. But then a couple of sentences later, a couple of words later, it says, I'm not going to be afraid. And so I think a rational question is, well, which is it, God? I'm not going to be afraid. Am I going to be afraid? Where am I? Where do I stand with all of this? And if you're the kind of person that needs to have everything in a cubbyhole, everything defined, okay, which is it, God? Which am I? If you're the kind of person that needs that, you are going to be disappointed in a wonderful, beautiful way. Thank God for those moments where we don't get it our way and we've got to step out and go, okay, well, I guess I'm not either, but maybe I'm both. If you want meaning out of life, be a yes and, a yes and person that can go, okay, I'm this and I'm this. Because that little piece of scripture is inspirational all by itself. But if you really ask the question, the answer comes back that you are not any fixed point in time. Instead, those are the words of someone who is on a journey. That's you. That's me. Let us be the kind of people, in other words, who are okay with change. This is a big deal. There are so many people that want to dig in and want to fight the idea that anything can ever be different, but the truth is beautiful things change you. You show me somebody who is resistant to change and I will show you a punchline. Mm. It's time to be the kind of people that are open to things. And I get it. We talk about the idea that God doesn't change. We talk about the idea that love is permanent, that there's these things that are always the way they are. Gravity is always gravity. The sun always gives light. God always loves you. Yeah, there are things that don't change. But you change. You change. And sometimes people read half of the story and they go, okay, well, God doesn't change. I'm not going to change too. And I'm going to keep everything the same. And I'm going to devote my life. And you see them start to wear out even as they say it. I'm going to devote my life to keeping everything exactly in terms of what I can control, what I can fit between my ears and within that comfy, cozy spot that is my ego. I'm going to try to keep everything exactly the same. But the thing is, here's the great spiritual truth. You are a child of God. You ain't God. God's job is covered. (laughs) 
And to the degree that I try and just keep everything the same, I'm kind of doing a caricature, a parody of God. Because I have the power to freeze up on things that, that don't need to be frozen up on. The truth about you is there's a beautiful journey. There's beautiful transition. Don't you want to change? Change is growth. Don't you want to grow? Don't you want to be open to the idea that when you fall in love, man, some things fall away that you thought were important. When you are inspired by truth and beauty, you learn things about yourself. Be open to the idea that you don't have to hold on to the world as it is right now because God is not just infinite. God is infinity. Can we be okay with the idea that there's more? Can we open up to something? You know, we call this church water and stone for all kinds of reasons. There's Bible precedent. There's water and there's stone talked about all over the place in the Bible. But there's sort of a, a, a 101 level like table stakes belief system doctrine thing that I want everybody to know. And you've heard me talk about this in different ways, but it's the kind of thing that I want everybody who comes here to know about. One of the reasons that this church is called Water and Stone is the simple idea that there is some stuff in life that changes all the time. The flows like water, how much money you have in your bank account, the job you work, the place you live, what you're doing with your hair this season, whatever it is, there are things that change. And there are things that never change. Like I said, you are always a child of God. You always have the power to do something different in your life. You are always beautiful. There are things that are always changing, and there are things that never change. And we call our church water and stone because we believe that for church to work in your life, it had better apply to both things. In fact, for anything to work in your life, for your relationships, romantic or professional or otherwise, to work, it had better apply to the things that change and the things that don't change. If you want your situation, if you want your stuff to go right, does it apply to what changes and what doesn't change? There are so many people that spend all of their life just immersed in stuff that changes. Their life is defined by how much money they have or who's paying attention to them or how many likes they get on Facebook or whatever. I don't know. Those people are disappointed all the time. And there are those people on the other end of the spectrum who only want to talk about it if it leads to salvation. I will not change and I will not talk about anything that is not permanent. Those people are boring. Somewhere in the middle is something functional, something healthy, something not toxic, let's say. Somewhere in the middle is you, the real you. Be the kind of person that's okay with the water and stone of life. Or let me put that another way. If you have a life that ain't working, if there is something that feels toxic, if there's something that feels stuck, if you feel friction in your life, I will bet money, I will bet money that there is a piece of water that you're trying to freeze up. There's something changing that you're trying to keep the same. And I'll bet money <laughs> that there is something permanent that you're treating like it doesn't matter. Like love, like beauty, like the truth of who you really are. If you get your water and stone right, and I'm not trying to make anybody feel guilty because it's nice to know the problem so you can find the solution. If you get your water and stone right, you're going to get your life right. Treat the things that change like they can change. Treat the things that are permanent like they can be permanent. And you live a happy life Happy life because it's not all one thing. And this is a big moment in terms of Father's Day. Because look, here's the deal. The dad archetype, the man stereotype is that I am unchanging and I do not feel I am a rock, I am an island. And why can't things be the way that they used to be? <laughs> But to quote the gospel of Billy Joel, the good old days weren't always good, and tomorrow ain't as bad as it seems. 
Get over it, in other words. But for so many people, the, the father stereotype is that I will hold on to the outer things and nothing will move me. Which is why so many people have such a hard time knowing who their dads really are. Because that's just the outer shell. That's no more who you are than, you know, two by fours and shingles and glass make up a house, but it sure as heck doesn't make a home. Or something has to happen on the inside. When my kids were small, they lobbied me and lobbied me and cajoled and begged to get a dog. I did not want a dog because the dad stereotype is unchanging and dogs are elements of chaos. You know it. And I didn't want chaos in my life. I wanted to just hold on to everything and keep everything the same. And so I said no, and I said no, and I said no. And I came up with a great idea. Let's get a robot dog. They sell those. They're, they're expensive, but they ain't as expensive as a real dog. And you can pet them, kind of. And you can, you know, I was trying to talk them into it. And you can, you can control them, and they'll do tricks, and they always do what you say, and you can turn them off. I thought that was a great solution. Didn't go over so well. No, no, why? I lost that fight, and I'm glad I did. We bought an expensive, ridiculous, crazy dog who never listens to me. He only listens to his mother. And he is constant trouble and constant strife, and I adore that animal so much. Thank God for the times when we are pushed out of our comfort zone, out of what we can control, and into something bigger than us. That's the message. That's kind of the, the point of the day. Thank God for the things that take us out of what we think we can control because life is uncontrollable. If you think that that's what it means to be a man or to be a grown-up at all, you're missing it. I need everybody to hear that. So many guys and dads and whatever think that I'm just going to hold on to everything. And that caricature is so goofy that in our culture, male goofiness has become some kind of a role model. That now we think being a man being, means being silly. Think about every commercial you ever saw. The dad in the commercial is always the one who's about to blow the house up. He can't clean the thing. He can't fix the thing. He doesn't know where the thing is. He paid too much for his car insurance. The dad in every commercial, the dad in every sitcom is the jester. Because male goofiness has become such a thing. And we, I hear guys go, well, you know how guys talk. What, dumb? We're going to expect a little bit more of ourselves because this is important because no matter what the model is whether your model is something goofy like Peter Griffin or Homer Simpson or whether your model is something ostensibly cool like James Bond do you really want to hang out with James Bond everybody around him gets shot sooner or later <laughs> think about it whether your role models are goofy or quote unquote cool there's something that gets lost and this is important because I need you to hear this. The models that you have, the archetypes that you have for what it means to be a grown-up, what it means to be a mom or a dad or a partner or a friend, the models that you have are going to determine how your life goes. You want a better life? Get better models. Who are your heroes? Think about it. Because you're only going to be as good as your heroes. So get better models. You, may, you might need to. But the truth is we all know better. Each and every one of us, no matter what you grew up with as an archetype for parenthood, for fatherhood, or whatever, no matter what you grew up with, you have within you that calling to care, 
that calling to nurture. Even if nobody ever nurtured you, you want to take care of somebody. Even if nobody ever loved you, you've got love in your heart. Even if nobody ever showed you, you want to show somebody else. Where did that come from? It may not have come from where you grew up because God put it there. So many people spend so much time going, I want to get to know God. Where do I go? What's the retreat I got to go to? The workshop? What book do I got to buy? What do I do to smudge my house or whatever it is? How do I get God to show up? How do I know God? And you can make the most complicated uh, set of instructions you want, but the truth is you already have in your heart the need to love and to care and to set something free. That's God. Get in touch with that and you'll know what you need to know. I can't give it to you. Nobody can because you've already got it. You could have gone home the whole time, Dorothy. You've already got it. This is the, the, the universal message. It's what was being talked about in the Bible. Jesus was talking to a bunch of people and he said, look, I don't know what kind of parents you are, but I bet you anything, if your kid asked for something helpful, you wouldn't give them something harmful. You know better. You're a good parent. Jesus was saying to people that he didn't even know. And he's saying, if you've got that desire, what do you think God thinks about you? You have that in you to care and to love. Get in touch with it, and you get in touch with God. Take care of somebody today. Even if you didn't have a good example of what it means to be a dad, be a good one. Male or female, be a good caretaker today. And you're going to find out how God feels about you it's time to raise the bar because look let's be honest the bar for being a dad is very low it's below limbo levels i mean in our culture we expect moms to like hold down a job and to take care of the kids and everybody's got to have perfect hair and perfect outfits and get to soccer practice on time and the taxes have to be done and all of this stuff and for a for a mom to do that it's like oh great now what's next but for a dad, look, I don't know if you've had this experience, the biological dads in the room, but I can tell you there have been many times that I have been with my kids when they were little in a store or something. Here's a kid that definitely needs to be bathed, that probably needs a diaper change, that I'm not really paying attention to, I'm just holding. And someone will come along and go, you're a great dad, I can tell. What, because I'm holding my kid? It's easy. You don't have to do anything. So much so that where you can turn on, you know, Montel Williams or whatever those shows, and sure enough, there'll be a dad that goes, I take care of my kids. Yeah, you're supposed to. What, do you want a cookie? That's baseline. Let's ask for more. Because if we ask for more from ourselves, we're going to increase our relationship with the capital F Father in heaven. Let's ask for more. And when you think about it on the broad scale, when you think about it in terms of history, the, the history of human uh, mix-ups has been, I did a thing, and now I'm going to get caught up in the thing. I invented a thing, and now that's all there is to me. I got a job, now the job defines me. I married somebody, and now the marriage is all there is to me. I invented a thing. I bit an apple. There's a whole story around that. Perhaps you've heard of it. I did this thing, and I'm just all caught up in that, and now it defines me. When the answer is, you did a thing, great, you're supposed to. Celebrate it and move on. Because you are not a fixed point in time. You are on a journey. Be on the journey. Don't get caught up in the moment. Yeah, celebrate, but ask for something more. If we're going to get somewhere, we're going to have to, among other things, defeat the sort of the macho stereotype of what it means to be a dad. And this matters because... 
no matter who you are and where you've been, once again, male or female, this applies to women and mom stuff too, but it's Father's Day, so we're going to talk about dads. Your biggest idea of dad stuff, of the macho thing, of the man thing, is going to impact your concept of God. It's just true. If you think that dad means someone who's cold and unfeeling, someone who's judgmental, somebody who just isn't there, or when he is there, you wish he wasn't, if that's your idea of dad's stuff, that's going to impact your idea about God's stuff. We say, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. How hallowed is that name for you? Yeah, I know. Stuff happened. I understand that. Everybody's got stories, and I'm not saying we have to let those stories go by. But I am saying that if we reform our God thought, we're going to have a better idea of life. So let's defeat the stereotype. Let's get past the idea that, that being a man means no feeling, no nothing, no fear. First of all, that word no is a big tip-off because God says yes. The universe says yes. In general, the world is really good at taking care of its own. If you've got a no in your heart, whether it's no fear or no whatever it is, you can be sure you're already starting off on the wrong foot. Learn to start with yes. But let's get very specific about the no fear thing because fear is just about control. People are afraid when they get to a place they can't control. There are so many people that spend so much time letting themselves be defined by the things that they can control. I am defined by how much money I make because I can control that. Well, first of all, can you really? But you know what I mean. People are obsessed by that. I am defined by how many crunches I can do. Ah, oh, geez. All right, Captain Crunch. What's really important? I am defined by these things that I can control. Yeah, that's great. But is that all there is to you? Is data? When you think about it, the important parts of life, love, truth, beauty, inspiration, revolution, the things that are important in life are the things that you cannot control. That's where faith lives. That's where God lives. Beyond what your ego can handle. Beyond the things that you can control. The things that you can control, not only are they not important, they're not even interesting. You get to decide what you identify yourself with. What you can control or what you can't. I'll put that a different way. Any moment of pain you ever had is connected to hanging on to something. The moment you let go and go, this is not mine to control, the pain starts to stop. Thank God for when we are called upon to get past our comfort zone. And I got to tell you, being a dad is a big, big part of that for me because my kids have gotten me to uncontrollable places all the time. That dang dog who I love. But anybody who's ever fulfilled a father role has got a story like that. Many years ago, you know, some of you know that I've worked as a teen sponsor, you know, for youth retreats and stuff like that. And uh, there's a story that I love to tell. One, one time we went up to the mountains in North Carolina and we did a ropes course. You know what a ropes course is? For some dumb reason, you pay good money to be strapped into a harness and hoisted up on top of a tree. <laughs> Sounds romantic, doesn't it? Glamorous. But you do the thing and you put the rope on and you climb over a thing and you do like a tightrope kind of a thing and you balance and you're sticking way out there, way high up in the air and you confront some fears because I don't care if you're afraid of heights or not. It can be scary. And I got to see that my friend Mitch and I were up there together and it was great. We got to do the thing and at the end of all these weird balancing things, you do a, uh, do a zip line down and it's so freeing and it's so nice. But that wasn't even the good part. The good part was after we got all unclipped and everything, we got to catch the kids who were coming down. You were there, Tom, remember that? We got to catch the kids who were coming down. 
And uh, one of my friends started asking the kids this question. And it was so, it really resonated with me, so I started asking it too. When a kid would come down, we would say, what's on the other side of fear? Because they'd just been through a thing. What's on the other side of fear? And different kids had different answers. You know, some kids would say, well, it's so nice that, that I'm supported by this loving community, and that's really cool. And, and, and some kids said something like, well, now I know this about myself. I know that I can face something and move through it. Isn't that great? Those are good answers, and I like those answers. But then I saw my son up there, my Miles. And I knew that being up there was something big for him. Being up on a high thing, it's not his thing. But there he was. And not only was he up there, he was actually telling other kids what to do. He's like, okay, put your feet there. It's going to be okay. We're going to get through this together. My boy was leading other people through it. I didn't expect that. Happy to be surprised. But then I watched him get through. Man, oh, man, I didn't want to watch my heart walking on the tightrope and doing all that stuff. I really didn't want him to be up there, to be honest. I wanted to control it. But kids will take you out of your comfort zone. And then he goes down the zip line and the thing at the end. And I got to ask him the question. I said, Miles, what's on the other side of fear? You know, and I'll be honest, I expected one of those answers. You know, loving community, I know I can do a thing. Great answers. Miles, what's on the other side of fear? And I, see that, I saw that something in his eyes was different. What's on the other side of fear? And he said, I am. That same I am that, that creates the universe, that same I am that happened at the beginning of all things, that's the moment where I go, okay, this kid's going to be fine. Thank God for those moments when something uncontrollable takes you into a place where it's going to be okay. That's what God is calling you to do. That is what the child in you and the father in you come together to do, to take you to a place where you are on the other side of the thing that hurts, where you feel the fear and you do it anyway. You are being called each and every moment God wants you to do and be more to love and be loved and all of that kind of stuff. That call gets filtered through. Ego and past experience and emotional baggage and whatever else, you know how it goes. But the call is always calling. Each and every one of us is called to face the thing that is uncomfortable and move beyond it into the uncontrollable. And you can call that faith, and for some people it becomes this glorious mountaintop faith experience. But like I said, it gets filtered through wherever you're at. So sometimes it goes a different way. You are called upon to face an uncomfortable thing to move beyond your comfort zone into where God lives. And that can look like fear, but it can also look like faith. You get to decide. But either way, if you stop trying to fight it, fear can be the jumping off point. Where you realize, you know what? Do the important things about me I can't control. Thank you, God, for taking me through this. Now look, I know Father's Day is a weird thing. Some people have got... Steamer trunks full of emotional baggage about dad stuff to the point where when I say father and we go our father, I can feel eyes roll in the room behind me. Our father, people go, you didn't know my dad. Everybody's got stories. Everybody's got stuff. My kids probably do too. I'm trying my best. But I got to tell you, that's part of it. Whatever experience you had with your biological dad or the person who raised you, whether or not you shared DNA, they were doing their best, I promise. Now it could be that their best was really weird. It could be that their idea of love was ill-informed at best. It could be that there's all kinds of weird stuff. And I'm not asking you to put up with stuff that hurts. In fact, you are called upon to speak truth to that, to fix it, to demand answers that make sense. You are called upon to stand up for love. But start that process from a place of love instead of a place of anger. Start that process from going, look, I know you tried. 
And maybe you can come to a place of healing and proximity where you can be with this person. And maybe you have to love from a distance. But start from a place of love. Feel the way that you feel. I'm going to put that another way. If you don't feel your fear, it can't stop with you. I'm going to say that again because it's really important. If you don't feel your fear, it can't stop with you. If you ignore it, if you fight it, if you act like it didn't happen, you're going to just pass it down to your kids, biological or otherwise, the people you love, material or otherwise. But if you feel it, you get to let it stop with you. You can say, whatever this was that hurt, it's not going any further. I'm done now. I feel it. I learn from it. I move on. That is the gift that we give to the people that we care for. Look, fatherhood can teach you a lot of things. And one of the most important lessons is that you don't have to be biologically related to somebody. You don't even have to be biologically male to be a father. It's not about what DNA you share or don't share. It's not about a roof over your head. You and I both know that ain't what it means to be a daddy. Fatherhood is not determined by material things. Here's the lesson. Are you ready? You are not defined by material things. You are more than that. So let me have that scripture up on the screen one more time, please. When I'm afraid, I will put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I have put my trust, I shall not be afraid. What can mere man do to me? You are called upon to decide what you're made out of. Are you defined by DNA and past experience? In this moment, you can decide to live like a child of God, to let that family resemblance shine through. In this moment, you can say, wait a minute, I put my trust in God. What can mere material circumstances, mere man, mere diagnosis, mere limitations, mere bank account amounts, what can mere man do to me because I'm made out of something bigger? It is time for you and I to live like children of God. It is time for you and I to show the world what it looks like to be on the other side of fear. It is time for you and I to let the world see what the Father sees. It is time for you and I to be free. Because, after all, freedom is a choice. Thank you. Hey, this is Dieter Randolph, and I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the lesson and hopefully for taking some time to apply what we talked about in your life. That's where this really happens. I love the idea that church isn't something that happens to you, but rather something that happens through you. What you do based on what you've heard can change your life and really change the world. This is just the beginning of a bigger journey. And if you want to continue your journey with us, I'd love for you to like and subscribe us on YouTube where you can watch the videos. Come join us in person. Our street address and all kinds of information is at our website, waterandstonechurch.com. All of that sort of thing. If you want to give electronically, that's where to do it. If you want to connect with us on social media, and you really should do that there, waterandstonechurch.com. Thank you for being a part of this work.